Hey, hear the word of God. It comes to us from Mark chapter 1, verse 9 through 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens. You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, thank you for this word that comes to us this morning. And uh, as we receive it, Lord, give us eyes that can see, ears that can hear, hearts and minds that can understand. And in understanding, may we turn to you, and in turning to you, may we find healing for our very souls. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we're going to do a kind of Bible study style this morning, uh, see how that goes. And uh, here's just a little uh, setup. Uh, and, and Jillian, I'm sparing you my handwriting this morning. And Jillian will be uh, maybe taking a few notes on a couple things. So first, the background here, uh, Mark, the book of, of, of Mark. You know, a lot happens quickly in Mark. Mark is probably the first gospel that was written, and it's uh, the shortest gospel. It's 16 chapters uh, long. Uh, but you'll notice, like, in those early chapters, uh, the word immediately shows up a lot. Like, it was uh, immediately Jesus was baptized. Immediately he was uh, sent out into the wilderness. It's like, a, it's like a tight edit. You know, I can just see an ed editor for this thing, like, just saying, no, cut that, cut that. We're just, we're getting right to the point. And in fact, it only has, it has eight chapters about uh, Jesus' ministry, the first eight chapters. And then the last eight chapters are all about uh, the passion and uh, the death and resurrection of Christ. And there's no, there's, no, there's no birth story here in Mark. There's no genealogy. It's like, let's get this going. Um, and so, here, in this, in this, these are like seven verses, and like a ton happens in seven verses. We have three verses on the baptism. That's it. You get two verses about his uh, temptation in the wilderness, and we're done. And then two verses on the beginning of his ministry. And so what I want to do is focus on just two verses. Those ones that are about the beginning of his ministry. And they're conveniently put on your song sheet for you for, for reference. They're right on the front. That's it. Now, after John had been taken into custody, it's in big font too. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, so repent and believe in the gospel. Man, there's a lot that happens, or there's a lot that, that could be unpacked in these two simple verses. There are quite a few rather large theological concepts that we could look at in this verse. So, question number one is, what might they be? Do you have, as you look at this, what are the themes in these two verses? What's like one 
theological concept we could unpack. What was that? Repent. Repent. Put repent up there. Yes. There, there's a whole theological con uh, concept. Repentance. So we could talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, bigger. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little bigger. That's all right. What's another theological concept here? Prison? Sure. Yes. Prison. There are, yes. Prison. I hadn't thought of it, but yeah, we, yeah, you could talk a lot about prison and theological. I heard uh, belief. Did somebody say belief? Yes. Yeah, believe. So belief. What does it mean to believe? What else? Another one? Kingdom of God. You can just put K-O-G if you want in real, real big. Kingdom of God. Another one? Gospel. Gospel is also a huge one. Anything else you would say is a, a concept we could uh, unpack here? Already here. Time. Time as a theological concept. Something is already here. What, and anything else you would say is a theological concept we could unpack? I mean, Jesus. We could just do Jesus too, right? Like, mention Jesus. So, great. Those are good. I mean, that's a lot. For two verses, isn't that a lot? That's, I think that's a lot of stuff. And uh, so we're just going to focus on three uh, this morning. I want to let you can circle these. Why don't you circle these? Gospel. We can, uh, we're going to look at gospel. What does gospel mean? We are also going to look at uh, repent. That's a good Lenten thing to look at. This is the first Sunday in Lent, by the way. And uh, KOG, Kingdom of God. What in the world might be going on there? So the first thing I want to do is, is unpack gospel. So we can flip, flip it over. This is, uh, as some of you know, this is our PowerPoint presentations here. <laughs> At hot metal, very fancy. So, gospel. What have you heard uh, gospel means? What's the other? Good news. Yeah, so gospel means uh, good news. So, here's the question What is the good news? What do we understand this good news uh, to be? Who's got some ideas? Who's got some ideas? What do you think the good news is? God loves us. What else? What else? God, God's at hand. This KOG is it's present now. What else? There's a way. There's a way. Good news is that there there is a way. A way to a way to what, Jan? Do, can I can I put you on the spot? <laughs> a way to God. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. There is a way, a way to God, a way to connect with this kingdom of God. Somehow it's now. Anything else that you would want to say is like a good news gospel thing? Jesus? Yes. Uh, Jesus? Yeah. God in human form. Yes, which we also call theologically incarnation. The incarnation. God shows up in human form. That's good news. Uh-huh. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died for your sins. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you have an answer you'd like to give for Danielle now, Aubrey? <laughs> <laughs> what else? Any, any, other, any other unpackings here? All right, here was some other, like we did this in staff. Um, and so here was some of the, the staff answers to what the good news is. Emmanuel, God with us. Also that uh, God's shown up for the last, least, and the lost. Um, the ministry of Jesus is organizing the world to be a better place. Thanks, Reverend Hollihan. Um, and then we continue to talk about like, what we think the, the good news means, that it's especially for marginalized people, um, that Jesus focuses the attention of the world in a new way, that we find wholeness in a way that the world cannot give and provide, that the gospel helps us find wholeness in a way that the world cannot give or provide. That we see anew. The gospel helps us see anew. Um, and it's about transformation. And, th th this is an interesting point, the good news was good before Jesus got on the cross. The good news was already good news right here. All right, so that's gospel. That's pretty good. Let's flip over. Thank you, Jillian. Man, that is so much nicer than my handwriting. This is great. All right, so repent. Repent. What's your understanding? I say repent. You say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I say repent. You say, turn away from. I say repent. You say, ooh, reparations. Good luck spelling that. <laughs> reparations yes Neely change and then Dean what were you saying give up your sin change your mind this is great you guys should preach what else any other any other thoughts on I say repent you say all right, that's it. Marianne, let go. Ooh, let go. Yeah. Now, if you were here a couple weeks ago, uh, you might remember that uh, this passage was also, it was also in the lectionary a couple weeks ago. Lectionary kind of being the uh, scriptures offered to the church on a week-to-week -week basis that we're currently following along with. And Tom Cox preached about repent and repentance. And one of the things that, that, we talked about, and Tom talked about, is that this is a Greek word. Um, the, I mean, in the Greek, it's metanoia. Metanoia. And metanoia means more than just like our traditional understanding of repent usually is like, turn from my sin and turn to God, right? Stop doing all the bad stuff. Start doing the good stuff. But metanoia, it, it has a deeper understanding, and it's, it's kind of up there too. And it's to change your entire way of thinking. Repentance meant to change how you viewed and understood the world. It was a changing your way of thinking. So that's uh, repentance. Okay. Next one, last one we're going to unpack here, is the kingdom of God, the K-O-G. Um, what do we think this looks like? The kingdom of God. And let's maybe try to get at it this way. Um, you know, kingdom of God, kingdom, you know, that was a metaphor that people would maybe understand in the time of Christ, right? That there were kingdoms everywhere. 
and they were probably under some sort of kingdom or some sort of rule. So it made sense for Jesus to try to use this terminology of kingdom of God. A kingdom that was going to be different than all the other kingdoms of this world. But are there some other metaphors we might be able to use that can help us understand what the kingdom of God would be like? Brian McLaren, in uh, his book, The Secret Message of Jesus, unpacks some different kind of metaphors for kingdom of God. And one is dream of God. Like, God has a dream that he wants us to live into. So is there, any, is there another one? This is a trickier question. I'm really uh, trying, I'm trying to expand your brains this morning, get them working. But are there, is there another metaphor you might, you might be able to think of other than kingdom of God? What? <laughs> There's no, what? Heaven of God. The kingdom of, kingdom of heaven. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, no, that's a great observation. Because sometimes those, uh, those two terms are used interchangeably in the Gospels. And they're both trying to express the same thing. So that's a very good point. Carolyn? Yeah, yeah. A new, a new pair of glasses, a new lens from which we can um, take, take in the world around us? Emma? Mm. There's something about unity. The, uni- the unity of God. The unification of things. Of all things. Uh, another one that McLaren throws out there is uh, revolution. Revolution of God. It's just another one. Another way of thinking about it. Mm, the right here and now, which is, which is totally pointed out in this passage, right? The time is fulfilled. The time is at hand. It's happening now. It's not just some future space. Marianne? Mm, opposite of status quo. Yeah. It's not about the kingdom of God that upsets things. It upsets stuff. Nathan? Heaven to earth. Yes. Making heaven present on earth. Early. The justice of God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that McLaren uses is uh, party of God. Party of God. Let's like, you know, let's get, let's get the party going up in here. Uh, God style. Um, or the dance of God, which is a, a familiar, uh, can, should be a little bit more familiar to us when we think of Trinity, the Trinity is all often referred to as a dance and interaction of the Godhead that we're invited into. Paradise. Just, just paradise. Just paradise. Good, something about that says goodness. Like goodness, goodness for all. Did I see another? Was there another hand? Yes. Mm. Oh, wait. Hold on. I think, I think you said the poor and disadvantaged vote on our admission into the kingdom of God. Ooh. All right. Well, I don't know how you write that down, but... Uh, did I, Scott? Open communion. Communion for all. All are welcome. All are welcome in this space. Yes, Carolyn. Upside down. Yeah, yeah. Not in the Stranger Things version, no. Like, 
upside down in the good way. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just out here. It's like in here. It's in here. The, the, the stuff that's going on. Yeah, yeah. The Spirit of God, like, moving and working uh, in us. It's great. It's good. We, I, I think we could go on and on, but we'll, we'll stop uh, right there for now. So the last question I have for you guys is, um, what do you think when it says, so the time is fulfilled, the time is at hand, and we might have been kind of, we, I think we're touching on this a little bit, the time is fulfilled, kingdom of God at hand, Anything more we want to say about that? What does it mean? What does it mean, Jesus saying, time is fulfilled? It's now. We need to do this now. It's happening right now. Ben. Time's up. <laughs> well, and what in some practical sense might it kind of mean for like his listeners, for his audience, what might they... Or, or Marion, were you going to say something else? You can speak something. Mm. Yeah. Mm. There, there, it's time to make a choice. It's happening, and you're being invited. You're being invited to it. Emma? Yeah, it is. We join. We're invited to join something. It's not something we have to create. It's already, it's already there. And David? Mm. Yeah. Active rather than passive. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, it's, it's not, don't wait around until you die <laughs> for the kingdom of God to, to be present. Uh, thanks, Jillian. You can have a seat. Give Jillian a hand. Thanks for, for helping out there. So I just want to draw um, two kind, I just want to make two, uh, two visions of church out of these understandings. And maybe kind of what classically in recent history the church is understanding of these very big theological terms that Jesus is presenting at the very begin, beginning of his church uh, has been kind of viewed and, and looked at. And then um, kind of the understanding of, I think we've been unpacking. So the reveal of things you won't be able to read, but I put them up here. So traditionally, this is kind of what we have seen gospel or have been told gospel is all about is Jesus died for my sins. All right? And, there, and there's truth there. But we've kind of like truncated it and said, this is it. That's what's important. And then the repent then is that like, I'm just going to turn from my sin and turn to God. And then the kingdom of God is heaven later. Like this is, the, this is what needs to happen. I need to make sure I recognize Jesus died for my sins. I turn from my sin. And then later, I get into heaven. 
right? And so the starting point for this kind of understanding is sinner. We're all sinners, and that this is what needs to happen, and it's very transactional. So it's like a transaction that needs to happen. And the interesting thing about this is, as we already noted, that the good news was good news before Jesus got on the cross. And that people were being saved before he rose from the dead. That he was with Zacchaeus and said, salvation's come to this household today. And that it wasn't necessarily, nobody was saying like, the Jesus prayer that was getting them saved, Jesus was bringing and ushering in salvation through the kingdom of God, which was bursting out. So this has been kind of, the, the church has distilled it to just this. And I think it's much broader. I think the way you guys are unpacking it was the way it is. That the gospel is a fuller message than just Jesus died for sin. The gospel is incarnation, God's love coming to us in Jesus. It's the life of Jesus. It's the ministry of Jesus. It's the passion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. It is all of that in one. It's not just the cross. And then so our repentance is that this, uh, this incarnation of God's love helps us to discover a whole new way of thinking and a whole new way of interacting with the world, which definitely involves us dealing with our sin. It's not like we're not sinners. It's not like there's not sin that's problematic in our lives. But we're starting to discover a whole new way of thinking when we repent. We're not just saying, like, I'm such an awful, terrible person, and I need to get a hold of God. I may need to get a hold of God, but it's all about changing my understanding, discovering a new way of thinking, and then a new way of interacting with the world. And then this compels us to work for justice and love and peace right now. That's the kingdom of God. Heaven coming to earth right now. It's not for later. It's for right now. Because we're living in hell right now. This past week has proven that. We are in hell. And God is inviting us to bring heaven into the hells that we live into and out of every day. And the starting point of this, and those of you that have been around me long enough have heard this, probably all this before, but it's beloved. That we start with the idea we're the beloved of God. That that's how God wants to interact with us. That's why God sends Jesus, not to, not to critique us and yell at us and tell us what awful sinners we are, but to remind us that we are God's beloved. And that, friends, is about transformation. That's about transforming ourselves, that we then become agents of transformation in the world around us. And so final thought. And so what does that mean church is? What does this mean church is? Because this used to mean like, you just you need to get to church because you need to get saved. And you need to say the prayer that's going to get you saved. But what, if this is what is the fullness of some of this, then I think church is about this. It's about the gospel. It's about learning and living into the gospel, which is an expression of God's love found in Jesus. It's living into the fullness of what Jesus is calling us to when he says, I call you to life that is full in John chapter 10. And then the repentance is that this gospel changes us from the inside out. 
And some of our actions will be different. Hopefully, a lot of our actions will be different. And hopefully, our sin gets encompassed and taken into this as well. But it changes us from the inside out. And then, what are we to the kingdom of God? Servants. We go and serve because we want to share this love that is transformational with the world that is all around us. I just think this is a limiting view and understanding of the church. And this is an expansive one. But there's so much more to live into right there. I think that's a lot for two, two verses of scripture. <laughs> but I think it's kind of foundational. And here it is, right in the beginning. Jesus calling us to this kingdom awareness. And so, as we continue in our Lenten journey, my prayer is that we would live into that kingdom awareness. That we would live into the fullness that is the gospel that's before us. And that we would find ourselves being transformed because of that and then compelled to go be servants for the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Holy, gracious, compassionate God, I thank you so much for these two simple verses that aren't so simple. These two verses that carry so much, uh, so much theological weight, so much uh, life um, that carry the essence of Jesus as he comes to us and calls us to repent, calls us to believe, calls us to experience the kingdom of God each and every day. So make us aware. Make us more aware of, of your, your kingdom that surrounds us, the invitation that is always before us, and help us to live in loving and transforming ways. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.